0: Tokyo Bay. We begin the attack on Earth now.
1: We persuaded the thing to help you. With what little power it has left.
2: Welcome to the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber suited foes. I am Kyle with me here for episode 39, uh, which is August 2011's first episode of the month. I have Heather. Hello. And a special guest, the Mad Marquis de Maltese. Did I say that right? Yeah, no, that's basically. Mostly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, no, no, you were right. I'm just picky. Okay, well, tell us how to say it. Yes.
3: I, well, I always roll it off the tongue because I like the alliteration. It's the Mad Marquis de Maltese. Okay, see, I didn't know it's that. It's just practice. It's not, you know, It's <laughs>
4: specific. Get- you get the T's in there a little bit more. I, I, with I the, emphasize it slightly. Yeah. Most of the time which I just fair. say that
3: I'm the Mad Marquis because when I say the whole thing, half the time people are like, the baba baba. <laughs> which
4: I have to say that your title does help me remember your actual name. Mm.
3: It, that's a joke, of course, too. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So uh, uh, the Mad Marquis de Maltese <laughs> is here because he's going to talk a little bit about Geek Lesk, which is, uh, if listeners recall, they have heard Heather and I talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, We also have a little tiny bit of news and a lot of local event stuff to talk about, but right now we're gonna go ahead and play something that Justin of the Going Last podcast suggested. Hi, baby. (laughs) It's called uh, Godzilla by VBS Music. So what we just finished hearing was uh God of the Earth from Godzilla author King Ghidra, that was for Corey, and before that I played Space Godzilla Approaches by takayuki Tori, that was for Brittany. And of course we kicked it off with that Godzilla track that Justin suggested, which was quite interesting to me. Uh but I never knew where it came from. He just kind of suggested it out of the blue. Thanks, Justin. Uh, Now, we're going to turn our attention to the Mad Marquis de Maltese. Did I do better that time? You're getting there. Getting there? Okay. So, uh, we've been to... All. All, what so far, three performances that you've done here in uh, Portland. Do me a favor and just kind of tell the listeners a little bit about Geeklesque.
4: How about a little background?
2: Sure, sure. Um,
3: So... The background's lengthy, uh, but I can get into that. The uh, so Geeklesque is just uh, us doing a geek and geek-oriented pop, pop culture-themed burlesque show. Um, I don't know how many of your listeners have been to neo burlesque shows, which is what all the modern burlesque would technically be called is neo burlesque. Uh, but the uh, so burlesque has sort of a long history of being sort of. Uh, A parody was often what was at work, and so this is very much that. You know, we're celebrating and mocking certain pop culture uh, emblems and uh, themes. I mean, we had at our first show, as you guys saw, you know, we had the Super Mario Brothers number, which was very celebratory of Mario, not really mocking it. A lot of people's favorites. Uh, it's like, That one's on YouTube. They can, you know, YouTube slash Critical Hit Burlesque if they want to check out. Kyle did
4: not out. know that, and he may run
2: away right now. <laughs> I don't need to run away because my laptop is right in front of me. And, I,
3: and, and we, we could give the, the listeners a moment to watch that. Yeah. And then come back Because
2: they can pause. <laughs> Just press pause <laughs> Just yeah. press They pause. can press
3: pause Go Google that And watch it And know that it's awesome Although I do love The videos of that first show Because it was at the game store Our first show was at Guardian Games Here in Portland, Oregon Who is our our oldest sponsor Basically of the show Angel of Guardian Games uh, Angel and Michelle I should say Of Guardian Games Oregon's grandest game store To get their, their tagline out there Nicely done um, sir so. Well, they've treated us very kindly. I cannot have enough enough things to say about them. Our first show was at the game store. We rented a stage and sound equipment and, you know, took over a retail space, which is not the most conducive performance thing. So all of the videos kind of look like sitcoms because it's nice, even fluorescent lighting from the game (laughs) store. So every time I watch the videos, I'm like, wow. I got to tell you,
4: going into that, I was super nervous. Kyle and I agreed that if it was incredibly awkward that we would stay until we felt that we had covered our 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 dollars worth and then slowly back out the door because I was going if this is just a bunch of girls on the same level as I am you know if there's no stage and it's just a bunch of people herded around women Mm -hmm. taking their clothes off I'm going to run away because
3: I'm going to be uncomfortable well and the funny thing of course about burlesque particularly in Portland my experience with burlesque across the rest of the country is more limited of course but one of the one of the surprising things and I tell people this all the time I'm like audiences at burlesque shows in Portland are easily 50 percent female if not 75% Seventy five percent, a lot of the time. I mean, I regularly go to burlesque shows where I'm one of like six guys in the in an audience of forty five people, hmm. uh, which is the other half of the fun of burlesque for me, I guess. But you know, we'll leave that alone. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, there's just there's uh, there it, it's it's such a sort of feminine empowerment, sort of female positive art form now. I mean, maybe it wasn't in the 30s and 40s and 50s, but these days it's like nobody gets into burlesque to, because they need to support their kids. I mean, that's this. it's everybody's doing it because they want to do it. There's very much, uh, it, so it's very much grounded in a sort of I'm here because I want to be here and I'm having a good time and I hope you have a good time too. And that, I mean, that's, you know, it's like community theater. You know, everybody's
2: there for the love of the art, not for anything more, more mercenary, I guess. Right. Yeah, no, I was going to say it's very much like an art form because mm-hmm. especially... And I'm not. I have never been to. I've only been to one other burlesque show. But this is, uh, of course, targeted at people like me and like Heather and mm-hmm. like everybody yes. else who shows up at this at these events. They're geeky, and uh, there's got to be a lot of thought and process mm-hmm. that goes into that, which in turn, of course, makes that totally art. Well, and the thing to keep in mind is I don't.
3: I don't like. So we have. Burlesque and then I'm going to go into this for your, for everybody's benefit who's not familiar with burlesque. Like burlesque is in many ways sort of a solitary art form because the the performers put together their acts independent of me. I mean as as the producer and MC of the show, I get the venue, I get the audience, and I introduce the performers. At the last show on the 2nd of July at the Somebody Lounge, I had not all of those acts were original to that show. I had seen none of them ever before.
2: Nice. Um, and wow. some of
3: those acts had literally never been seen by anyone before they some of them uh barely existed prior to the show I mean there's <laughs> a you know I mean uh take uh Satira sin who did the storm number at the yes. end of the oh show my goodness end. with with and she's a she's a she's a trained opera singer she's a singer actor, dancer triple threat moving to New york eventually to be a big star and we'll all be envious oh uh, uh, yeah she's
4: also part of the mario she
3: was mario in the mario number yes. for anybody who goes and looks at that yes and, which uh, i
4: was heartbroken when i saw that you know the mario number wasn't happening but well completely right yeah. but well and we didn't entirely realize mm-hmm. that we went regardless of mm-hmm. knowing if it was going to be new or the exact same thing again and she completely blew my mind. Yeah, I was, I, mean, I
2: was, com- I thought for a second I was like, "This is cool." She's lip syncing, and then I realized she was actually singing.
4: Spectacular, amazing
2: she, voice. She is also phenomenally loud. She could probably sing unmiked
3: in the someday lounge with a three hundred person crowd. She's, I mean, she's a trained opera singer, so she can kick that that volume out like you would not. No believe. fear of crowds. You yeah, say. none at all. Yeah. I mean, she's. I, I just went and saw her in a in a production of Hairspray at the Broadway Ooh. Rose Theater here in just over in Tigard. Uh, and she was, you know, she was just part of the ensemble there, but even there, you know, she's loud, so you, you, she's easy to pick out cool. if you know her voice. But uh, but so yeah, that I mean, number. That number, like, that's a perfect example of it's like, uh, actually, I lost our topic of why I was bringing up that number. Uh,
4: not seeing things prior.
3: Right. So I had no idea about that number. and. I knew she could sing, so no no worries there. When we had talked about that number, she and I sort of brainstormed that number together, so I like taking a little credit for it cuz she was like, "I don't know what to do for the next Geek glass. I'm trying to come up with an idea. I'm like, and and like a week before I'd been driving and I'd heard rock me like a hurricane in the car. And I was like, "You know, somebody <laughs> should do a number is storm to this." Nice. And so I was like, "Well, what about uh, what about doing Storm from X-Men and do it to Rock Me Like a Hurricane cuz that'd be freaking hilarious." And she's like, she thought about it for like 10 minutes we were at a bar and she's like, Can I do that, but can I sing Stormy Weather first? And I was like, yes, yes, you can. Because <laughs> yeah. those two go
4: together so well. But, the, for the, but for the yeah. act, it was perfect. And of course,
3: uh, and we, don't, we don't have a copy of that one up on YouTube, although I will probably after the next show, because we are doing a repeat of the, of the last set at the next show, plus one additional act. Um, that is August 28th, Sunday at the Sunday Lounge. Doors at 7, show
2: at 8.30. <laughs> um, and, and we will be reviewing this later in, the, in our uh, yeah. local events. I believe that's going to be
4: $10 ahead of time, 13 at the door. Right, $10 yeah. to the
2: Portland Mercury website.
3: $13 at the door. Um, certainly, showing up a little early and getting a good seat does not hurt. No. And the, the food actually is pretty good at the Sunday Lounge if it you really have, have is. dinner there. Um, and they've been very kind to us, so I don't have nice things to say about the Sunday Lounge either. The uh, But that was a perfect example of like, I knew what the number was. But the details were a mystery. Uh, and that's not even counting uh, Nina Nightshade's number, what we opened that show with, where she did the uh, the, the Dark Crystal number. Oh, my God. Which dude. was painfully funny, uh, as well yes, as quite that. sexy. I mean, she's one of the best performers and i work with. Wrong, and somewhat wrong. Yeah, Which definitely. is, you
4: know... Which uh, a lot of us have established the fact that Geek Lesk is essentially taking our childhood and confusing it. So,
2: (laughs) let me, I just want to say something. Like, so Heather and I went to the first performance, Mm -hmm. right, at the Guardian Games. And then the second performance was at At at, the Bossa Nova. Yeah, Bossa Nova. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on on Burnside, right. Which was after Wonder Northwest. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, again, have no problem seeing the same act at all. So, when I went to the the next one, uh, I had again no we had no idea that no. the acts were changing and that was the first act i was dying it was yes. so awesome so well, and, awesome
4: and and the first show was just kyle and i that, that went as far as our friends went mm-hmm. and then we told everyone that it was spectacular and that they all had to come to the next and of course you know everyone being involved with wonder northwest and supporting billy and everything um, was involved with it so we we turned out in in full force for for the second performance mm-hmm. And uh, and everyone was was completely sold. And it was just hilarious and wonderful and just so choice that that was what it started with for the third showing, because it was just, you know, no, no question that this is a geek themed burlesque, (laughs) because who in the world would start their show with somebody with a giant false head <laughs> oh, and so
2: for the listeners basically this uh the burlesque dancer came out on stage dressed like ogre from the dark crystal in- including
3: the painfully pendulous bosom oh which is God. of course a key <laughs> yes. component of that puppet in, yes. the, in the original totally. movie <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the moment oh where she God. where she where ogre on the during that act um, rubs her own nipples it's the most painfully unsexy thing i've ever seen <laughs> but simultaneously so brilliant yeah i mean i well, the hand and was so low. <laughs> I Yeah. The, for the listener's benefit, basically, she she could be rubbing her kneecaps, but she's not.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Where were we, we going? I don't know. Uh, sure. I mean, it was just an example
3: of how... And, and then, uh, just again, for the listener's benefit, it, of course, then actually does get sexy. I yeah. mean, that's, yes. that's the thing, is that... And, and that that's the infamous Nina Nightshade, who's, a, who's a, a performer I love working with. I actually just saw her earlier today and was... was giving her a hard time
2: about getting her in another show in the future. Very cool. So how did you guys get started in the, I mean, not burlesque itself, but how did you sort of kick off the idea of doing critical hit burlesque and, sure. and the geeklesque?
3: Well, they're, they're sort of the same question, so I'm actually going to answer that question and the question you said you didn't need to ask. Um, so uh, my partner, uh, Sophie Maltese, she got involved in burlesque by attending a class at the Rose City School of Burlesque, which uh, actually does teach its classes at the Bossa Nova Ballroom as well. Um, and that was founded by Holly Day, who's been doing burlesque for several years, and she sort of coordinates bringing in teachers from the community in Portland to teach people who are interested in burlesque sort of the the, the how-tos and some of the history and uh, all that stuff. And that's how, that's how Sophie got involved in burlesque initially. And, of course... You know, she and I, she and I are both
2: pretty nerdy. This this is not news to anybody.
3: What? And uh,
2: I couldn't tell from your performance <laughs> your, at all. <laughs> no. And uh, totally shocked.
3: We had been sort of toying with trying to come up with like we were brainstorming like nerdy acts for her to do without any sort of larger, you know, hey, we'd like to do a sort of geeky nerd oriented show under underpinning. Uh, we heard about some nerd-themed shows in other cities. Uh, there's a troop in. There's actually several nerd burlesque-oriented troops in New York City. There's uh, Epic Wind Burlesque, which has, of course, a great name, um, and who I know several of the performers from there. And they do they do very good shows. Right now, they're running a Star Trek versus Star Wars Ma. show where they do some of each, and that's the like debate. They call it. I think they call it Star, Star Wars. Star Wars wins. They call it Star Debate. I think, or, nice. or something like that, is the name of the the name of the show. They should call it Star Wars wins. <laughs> that that act, as I am, if I'm remembering things correctly, that does include a gal with a fanged Merkin as a Klingon. <laughs> um, so it's definitely got it's stuff going on and there's and there, like I said there's several wow. nerdy troops in New York City um, yeah it's, it's, it's For like those of you at home hilarious but Kyle sexy. Is screaming right yeah. now <laughs> things, can, things can be sexy in their own way sometimes it's like the Augra thing we were just talking about space yes. screaming and then of course yes. there's uh it. in Los Angeles there's a troop called Devil's Playground who their name doesn't give it away but they do a lot of very nerdy burlesque. They uh,
2: did the Star Wars one, right? Is right. That right.
3: They they Courtney Cruz, who's one of their their people. I I believe she's one of the founders of Devil's Playground, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. Uh, she uh, is fairly famous for a Stormtrooper burlesque number she's been doing for several years and has taken to Comic Con and other such stuff. And she does a great Samus Aran number where she's got the full armor and her arm cannon shoots you know confetti and glitter and stuff, and wow. awesome. you know strips down to the blue skin tightsuit and then comes out of that too. Nice. Um. And I've seen video of that. I, I've never actually met her, unfortunately, which is a, is a, is a great failing of mine. I need to go down to L.A. and take a tour down there. Um, but so, I mean, we were not the first by any stretch of the imagination. And then what actually got Geek started for Portland is that a performer that uh, we're friends with and uh, we're big fans of before we became friends with her, basically, uh, High Fleisch, who is uh, Princess Peach in the Mario number. Oh, okay. Excellent. Um, I remember she, her. yeah. Lots of people remember High Flesh. Um, the uh, she posted randomly on her Facebook page, and it was not even about burlesque. She's like, "Where's the strip club where I can go and see the girls with like the pointy ears or like you know the nerdy strip club?" You know that she was just being silly, and uh, a bunch of people chimed in with like, "Yeah, that'd be cool." And so we were we sort of took that as a you know maybe we there's more people who'd be interested in being involved in this than. We took that as sort of a green light, so obviously more people were interested in this concept than just the two of us. And then so from there, we started brainstorming. And then the real genesis, and then I talked about this on stage at the first show, uh, was we hadn't, didn't have a venue. I mean, when you're first starting out and you don't really know anything about event producing, it's like getting a venue is like, how do you do that? I mean, you don't even know how, you know, because you're clueless, which I totally was when we started out. And uh, I, I went into Guardian Games one day uh, to buy Wargaming stuff or something or just to meet a friend to play a game or something and uh the they had a sign up about how they were getting their liquor license and it was totally like wait a minute hmm and then i so i talked to and space yeah and and you know and the perfect clientele base right precisely um so that was the moment at which it really all came together and i i i i Talked to Sophie, my partner, and I was like, "So I see they're applying for a liquor license at Guardian Games. We should f- and let me let me talk to Angel because I knew her in passing as from coming to her store, and see if she'd be interested in having us put on a burlesque show that's geek oriented at her store." And Angel immediately loved the idea. Uh, I have not enough nice things to say about Angel May because she's basically responsible for any success that we've had at this point. Back in the beginning, because she embraced the idea, basically sight unseen, she ended up coming to a show that. Sophie was performing in at a, 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 a show that we were just you know I was just a spectator at and Sophie was just performing in uh, and that was the first like burlesque show she'd seen not ever but like it recently and then and she totally supported us and that's where the first show happened and. It was a crazy, overly successful thing where we turned away probably as many people as we let in, and I mean that's totally a list of problems you want to have, right? Which right. for
4: for people that don't fully understand that there was probably what about 150 we let 100,
3: inside 150 paying people in, and then there were probably 150 people that, that were we turned away. In. Yeah, yeah. It and was Heather and I got in, and we must pretty much under the gun. There was yeah. maybe. 25 20, to 50 people so, after yeah. us. Yeah, 20, 25. One friend of mine was like the fourth to last person who got in and they were right there. Like, And, and I felt terrible. I mean, it's like, it, again, it's like problems you want to have, but... I felt really bad turning away that many people who'd already stood in line for like half an hour, 45 minutes, too. Right. I mean, it's like. Well,
4: when we when we got up to the door, we they they were I saw that they were obviously keeping a tally. Mm-hmm. And I and I asked, you know, because obviously it was an impressive turnout. And I mm-hmm. said, you know, where, where are you guys at? And they said, well, we're probably at about 100 and yeah. 120. We're probably going to have to cut it off pretty soon here. Yeah. And. So we knew that we had, we had just made it under the gun there, but it was, uh, Mm -hmm. it was definitely a good turnout and obviously there was an interest for what it was that you, you were putting, putting together there.
3: It was, it was, it was very crazy because, you know, initially it was like one of those things where I basically was expecting to spend money to put on the show, which I was okay with. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm, I have a day job. I don't need to make my living producing burlesque shows. Uh, and I basically expected to just spend money to put on a show and that's fine. Because when you're first starting out, that's sort of par for the course, right? Of course, um, yeah. As in any art endeavor, right? We didn't pay ourselves for the first show, my partner right. and I, but we didn't—we weren't out of pocket at all, um, that's and we cool. paid our performers which is a win. well. Yeah, yeah, which is totally a giant win. I mean, like I said, we expected to spend money, so uh, and then uh, and then of course we had such a great response to the show at the Bossa Nova as an after party for Wonder Northwest. Uh, thank you, Billy Galaxy, and uh, had a great time doing that. I mean, there was 300 people at that show. Uh, I only hope that some of those poor people who got turned away at that first show have managed to come back to one of the other shows because, you know, I don't know where they came from, so I don't really know how to make sure they hear about the shows right. in the future. Yeah.
2: It's cool that so many people showed up. I mean, you must have had a little bit of anxiety about how many people you well, thought were going to show up. Okay. So when we did the first show, my
3: uh, the initial plan was to do it just in the back room at Guardian Games, which is only about a third of the, well, maybe less, a quarter of the square footage of the store. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of the initial plan. We're like, ah, we can cram in like seventy people. If we're lucky, it'll be good. And I expected to know like half the people there. We, you know, we were doing press releases and and going to geek trivia here in Portland and and sort of pimping the show and talking to people and da 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 And like two weeks before the show, we'd been putting out press releases. We get we get a, we get a callback from Christy Turnquist at the Oregonian and who wants to do a photo shoot with us and our performers at the game store the week before the show. And that's obviously a big deal. So, you know, we contact all our performers. We're like, who's available on this Sunday? I think it was Sunday. Who can come down for the photo shoot, be in costume, get pictures taken, get interviewed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and at the time, uh, Christy Turnquist, who was the reporter, was like, I think I get, can get you guys on the cover of the Arts Entertainment Magazine, which is the you know the weekly entertainment magazine in, in, the, in the only newspaper really in Portland that matters, the only daily newspaper. Um, and... The and we were like wow so we made sure and like reiterated to our performers you know get down here if you can because we may end up on oh, the cover yeah. of the paper you know on the cover of this magazine uh, and uh, I guess eight out of ten of my performers made it on the show and cool. or made it down to that photo shoot a couple were out of town or weren't available. Um, And so we ended up getting like a two page article spread in the A&E and we're on the cover of the A&E and a clip of the picture was also on the cover of the front page of the paper up in the like, you know, here's what's in the A&E section up in the corner, which, of course, I grabbed like 10 of those papers that day. Oh, yeah. So at that
4: point, you realize that this may be a bigger thing
3: than you had initially thought. That article, of course, came out the day before the show. So oh, okay. that whole week leading up to it after we'd done the photo shoot, yeah. but before the article came out and our like RSVP numbers on Facebook were just like ticking up. We were getting like 10 people a day RSVPing to come to the show. Nice. Um, so we went from 70 to 150 or something that week. Yeah. And of course, those numbers are basically phantom. They, 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 they're they indicative, but they don't really mean anything.
2: Yeah. I uh, totally know people that say they're attending events and then they don't. Lots of people do Martin. Die. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, Mr. Director. Uh, I try not to be guilty of that. I I, I, I kind of want to RSVP for stuff because it's like free advertising towards my friend list. Then yeah. so it's like you kind of want to RSVP for <laughs> stuff, but it, at the same time, I hate lying and saying I'm going to be somewhere yeah, or I'm yeah. not. Uh, so the uh, so at that that whole week, uh, my partner and I were sort of chewing our fingernails and getting getting tenser <laughs> as time went on. Yeah. Uh, and we did an appearance on a podcast like the week before that as well. Uh, for the very first show, uh, you were on Geek in the City, we right? You were on Geek in the City. Yep. That's right. And uh, I remember that. Yeah. And
4: so at this point, had you decided to move the stage? I out went, to the main room. I went room? and
3: talked to Angel either right before we did the thing with with um, the Oregonian, or maybe the day after. And I was like, I think we need to put everything out here in the front room because she started worrying about fire code capacity because um, that's an issue. Rightly yeah. so. And. Uh, and so what we ended up doing in order to maximize our legal, legal use of the space was we brought everything into the front room, but, and which we talked about doing in passing if necessary. But initially we'd been talking about basically blocking off the whole back room and using that as our backstage area. But that cuts out 50, 50 people from the like legal fire code capacity if you've blocked it off.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: so what we ended up doing, and if you look at the videos, you can see this. Our stage was sort of offset from the walkway. We left a legal you know, four-foot walkway into the back room Right. So that it was under so that so that we could he have could that still extra tick 50 that number people. up yeah so and like fire code capacity for her was something like 160 so we cut it off at 150. We gave out a bunch of, uh, we printed out a bunch of, you know, half off our next show coupons because once we got worried, we printed off like a hundred of those coupons and distributed to the, the people who wanted them in line who couldn't get into the show. Oh, okay. Conveniently, there was actually another really good burlesque show that night. So when I went out and apologized to the people waiting in line, I, I tried to send them to that show. Nice. Which some friends of I remember ours, you saying that. Yeah. Um,
4: was definitely very cool of you to do. Yeah, there was
3: another show that night at the Bossa Nova Ballroom, uh, Orchestra La Pau's big time burlesque show, uh, which is a great show. It's done to live music. Super impressive impressive and they have this whole focus on like giant
2: prop burlesque tell us a little bit more about uh your event coming up on the 28th sure uh so uh we're currently in the
3: run of our second geek show which we called geek the geek night returns uh and this time it's the geek night returns again again <laughs> uh and it's 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 the same show we did on the second of july uh we're gonna rearrange the order a little bit because uh just because just for fun uh, and also to make it easier to let the smoke clear after the fire act because uh, yes. then we'll do that act. We'll probably do that act right before intermission so that it's not nearly as smoky. Um, <laughs> good call, good call. Uh, yeah, that was a live and learn moment. Basically,
2: uh, <laughs> I was really shocked when the fire dancer started fire. Blech. I was very shocked when the fire dancing started.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and she's 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 probably one of my one of my favorite fire performers. I have seen a lot of fire dancing and she's one of the most talented and does a lot of stuff. Nobody else does. Um, which is till you see it done. You're like, I've seen pictures of her doing like the weird things she does with the wheel and I'd never gotten it till I saw her do it live. Oh, okay. Um, cause I'd seen still pictures of me like that's strange looking. And then when you see it live, it all makes sense.
4: I have a favorite fire performer too.
3: Yeah, Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's the same show. We've got one additional performer who's going to be bringing an act that wasn't in the last show. Same as we did when, you, I mean, you guys saw the two shows we did at Guardian Games and at the Nova where the same Where you show. added Chitara. Where we added yes. uh, the lovely Catastrophic doing Chitara. And she actually performed that act again for me on Wednesday of this week at a small show that I did. So I love that number. So there's I, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, I'm a big fan
2: of that one. Yeah, I and, it was awesome. which is also
3: why I brought her to do it. Also at the uh, the PGC three Olympathon show. Yes. For the, the oh yeah, I was like I was trying to remember. I knew I had seen that. And a she second actually time. she made that number independently. She's part of a, a, a burlesque troupe called the Bridgetown Bombshells, uh, and they did they did a themed show after Geekless uh, a couple of months, uh, probably in April, I guess called uh, Saturday Morning Memories that was all like Saturday oh, wow. Morning Cartoon themed. Cool. Cool. There was a like a she number and a My Little Pony number and a Smurf number and a and the Chitara number and uh, I'm forgetting other stuff I'm sure. That I'm no sounds, G.I. Joe? Person. It sounds pretty amazing though. No. Um, and that involves several performers who we've, I've worked with. I've worked with several of the Bridgetown Bombshells. Uh, Tokyo Rose who did the Buffy number at our first two shows yes. is part of the Bridgetown Bombshells as well. And she did the She-Ra number, and I forget what her second number was, which made me feel terrible. Oh, and, and another member did a Gem act. That's one of the numbers I'm forgetting. Gem, Yeah, Gem and the Holograms was pretty outrageous. Truly,
4: truly, <laughs> truly outrageous.
3: Potentially.
2: <laughs> I'm <laughs> so glad that you were on top of that. Because oh, I, I was I, like, I, my brain was about a half a second after.
3: I, I, I that was, completely I was, I was leaving that. the low-hanging fruit there was for it? somebody to take. So
2: uh, I, out
4: I, out I may still have Gem And, and Kit, who did dolls. the Chitar number, is the one who
3: did the Smurf act the smurfette act which is also quite good cool um and so and weird at and the same time yes the the, the Chitara number is pretty dang funny but strange uh, <sighs> adorable i would i think she just loves the fa- the chance to yell thundercats hoe at the top of her lungs at the audience that's nice. so. uh yeah the happens. giant bag of catnip which is the sort of like yeah, life, yeah. Sexy isn't it like from number. from mumra too? yeah so she's <laughs> yeah. suspicious of it yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty
2: funny um <laughs> i the, love i love these shows man seriously yeah, yeah.
3: I, I do too I mean that's that's that's. I'm not doing this for, for the love of money I'm doing this for the love of the love of, love of the performances so very cool The uh, what, what segued us into that I don't even remember we were talking I about I don't know we uh, actually... telling us a
4: little bit about your upcoming show oh right yeah, so yeah.
3: August 28th Sunday night at the Sunday Lounge down on 5th Avenue in between Cooch and Davis I think if yes. I want to get my, my numbers right, right on the max line for people um, doors are going to be at 7 o'clock although it's a Bar that's open to the public, so if you really want to show up early and get your drink on, you can totally do that. Um, and we're probably gonna, the show's going to start at 8.30, which is an hour earlier than we do the shows on Saturday night,
2: because people work Monday morning, so we don't want to go nearly as late. Um, and it's not just burlesque dancers. You've also got, uh, got drawings and trivia. That's true. We have
3: uh, pinup art by the incomparable Karina Dale, uh, who is just a phenomenally awesome person in many ways. Uh, and it's super helpful to just have at my shows, even though she's there to like do her job. She is super helpful in a million other ways. Um, and then uh, we'll do a bunch of giveaways of uh, the various goodies we get from our oh-so-kind and very numerous sponsors. So uh, uh, let's see. Lee. I Just this weekend, I picked up a bunch of sponsorship stuff. I, I feel like if I name sponsors, I have to make sure and list them all. So I kind of should get my list. If I'm oh, mention yeah.
2: It. You don't have to name the sponsors. If you There's want cool
3: to. stuff. And we give a bunch of it away. Um And with the, a lot of geeky theme trivia with some geeky theme trivia. If people show up in costumes, I'm sometimes convinced to do a
2: costume contest. If there's enough people to make a contest of it. Okay. Um, so you look that up and while you do that, I'm going to tell the story about the trivia contest do it. when we first. Yes. Went. So, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the, on the podcast. So this will be like a precursor to the second show's trivia. So first, first show you guys asked the question, who was the second monster Godzilla ever fought. And I actually sat there and looked around and like waited for other people to answer the question did. before like, I... Really? It, was, Nobody? it was the first monster he fought. It was the first oh, right, other sorry, monster. Right, right. And I was like, come on. Somebody's got to get this, right? And then I was just like, Angulus. Pff. So I won myself some tasty vodka and a cool Kraken shirt for Heather. It's yes. comics. And flash forward to the second time we saw this, which was at after Wonder Northwest... And, uh, I thought we were sitting up in the balcony. I was like, ah, oh, he's, he's not going to ask a Godzilla related question. <laughs> and even if
4: he does, I mean, we're not going to get it. We're up, we're up here in the exactly. balcony. That's not going to.
2: So, so the mad Marquis de Maltese asks, what was the device that killed the original Godzilla? <laughs> and I'm freaking hey, hey, out. I, w- I want to get this
3: question right. Cause I was okay, really say, happy say with it. What's the only human made weapon to have defeated Godzilla, which was of course in his first appearance. Of course. Okay
2: well that's the question and of course the answer is the oxygen destroyer and uh i was upstairs in the balcony freaking out because i was like oh my god i could win another thing he was uh and then of course afterwards i showed you the tattoo i'm like i've got it on my arm dude (laughs) (laughs) which which
3: caused me to institute a new house trivia rule which i'm I'm pretty proud of i feel like it's a fair rule and Ever sin, at ever least since in that, Portland, it is. Ever <laughs> since that conversation, so just at the last show, because that was only two shows ago that we right, had this right. conversation. So at the last show, when I was introducing the trivia, I explained that there's a new house rule, which is that even if you're not up there to answer the questions, if you have a tattoo of the answer, you're allowed to just run down and steal the prize. Like that's that's <laughs> the rule now. If you just if you have a tattoo of whatever the answer to the trivia question is, you win. The so, end, end of story.
2: So take a good look at my arm before you leave. So That's
3: right. <laughs> You've got a lot of tattoos. I have to like, yeah. pick them out carefully. Future
4: answers may just be there. <laughs> and of course,
3: I always do trivia related to what the acts that we've seen Of course, are. So of course. It all depends on what the acts are. It's, I don't really have a lot of choice in the t- subject matter because other people choose the acts.
2: Yes, and then the last show, the first trivia question out the gate was... Who are the insecto... Uh, do you want to ask the actual question? I, I don't remember how I phrased okay. it, but Basically, who are the, think, yeah. the
3: crab-like soldiers of the Skeksis in the Dark Crystal is, I think, how I phrased it.
2: And I, again, sat in the balcony, and, and like nobody's answering the question, and I'm like, oh my God, somebody say Gartham. Somebody say Gartham! I <laughs> Tell us my... who the sponsors are right. of your of your fantastic event this yes, time. Yes, and, and these are the people who provide
3: the awesome prizes that we trivia and raffle away. Uh, all night long so our many sponsors this show which i cannot complain about include billy galaxy who we talked about involved his involvement with wonder northwest Woo-hoo. uh cosmic monkey comics
2: ooh, my uh, favorite
3: comic shop nice <laughs> it's a lot closer to me than it is to, you stated know. there still uh uh geek Sheet cosmetics who's part of the pgc3 with yep. us uh, which we should talk about when i get to the end of the sponsors i think probably um ground control guardian games new deal distillery providers of our official vodka, Portland 88. I'm making um, like,
2: metal horns underneath the desk here. <laughs>
3: PDXER, uh, Perfect Pineapples, which is a uh, lingerie company local to Portland here. Uh, their name doesn't really let that <laughs> explain that. That's an that. amusing thing, but though. And it's perfect pineapples, like their okay, catwoman. Like so, um Robot Tattoo and Piercing, yep. uh, and the Lovecraft Bar as well. Uh, Spartacus Leather, who... I have to say, I'm slightly biased. They provide the best sponsorship pickup ever because it's basically a trash bag filled with lingerie, sex toys, and money and that is like the best thing I've ever had to go drive and get in my life. Um, Floating World Comics and also Things from Another World as well. So uh, We give away a lot of comic related stuff because we have so many comic book sponsors, but... And almost all of our sponsors are part of, as I mentioned earlier, the PGC three, who you guys are also, of course, a part of. The PGC three. Yes. Yep. I don't have enough nice things to say about. It. I constantly want to pimp them because I want them to be even more effective at what they are than they already are. Yeah. Uh, and which, of course, you know, we just talked a few days ago at their last at their last like all hands meeting. But the uh, for people who aren't familiar, I don't know how much you talk about it, but that's probably not enough. That's the Portland Geek Council of Commerce and Culture. Who I honestly, they're the group I blame for how effective our advertising was because they were one of our big channels for getting stuff out via Geek Trivia, uh, the Geek in the City podcast we got to through them, just going and being involved in some of their stuff and getting our word out. Uh, and I'm I, i I'm a huge fan of basically everybody involved in the PGC-3. There's so many nice people and so many interesting organizations, a whole bunch of neat podcasts.
2: Uh, you know, some and, really awesome ones, to be perfectly honest. What? Uh.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Dangerous Kids is great. They're good.
2: They're good. They're a, little, they're a little, you know, a little low on the giant monster quota, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> the,
3: uh, I mean, so they, they, I think they're in many ways very responsible for uh, how big our audience buy-in has been. Because we've had, I mean, we've had over 100 people at every one of our shows, which is phenomenal. Um, the... Uh, and, I mean, there's a lot of entertainment groups involved with that, too. I mean, there's there's Critical It Burlesque, which is us, of course. There's PDXR is involved. Yep. Trek in the Park, of course, who has a huge yeah. fan base of their own. Many thousands of people go to see that every summer. Um, many of them see it repeatedly. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. The, uh, and, uh, of course, they have their upcoming Trek in the Dark show, which I'm going to, like, sneak in to throw out, like, flyers and then run away from because I have other engagements that night. Nice. Um, the, uh, and, and, you know, and they were involved we, we had Trek in the Park At our last show of course Because we were starting We did our show right Before their run started And as soon yeah. as I found that out I went up to Adam At Geek Trivia And I was like You guys need to come Promo your stuff at my show Oh and it was brilliant And admittedly most of the people there already knew all about Trek in the Park because that's the crowd we draw. But it was
2: still freaking hilarious. Didn't the stuff matter. He did. Oh no, they did a total. Didn't they, it they did a little act, and it was amazing. Yeah. It was. And and
3: when we were we, when he and I chatted about it like just the week before or something on his birthday randomly, it turned out to be, uh, so I had to buy him a beer. But uh, <laughs> poor Adam. The uh, I was he's like he's like so I'm thinking of doing this like fight scene with the ripped shirt. And I'm like yeah hey, you just and I don't know if it was his idea or mine. Maybe I'm totally stealing the idea, but I thought I suggested it where I was like oh you just need some like Star Trek pasties. You know, because it's a brush. Yes. And, uh, so he had he, When he In his ripped shirt Showed off his like Star Trek emblem pasties Which were, which were great Magical I yeah. think is the word You're looking for I had a horrible view Actually I'm kind of <laughs> sad Because I, I was off Directly stage right So I, I didn't get A very good view Of the Star Trek pasties
2: I'm pretty sure I was upstairs Screaming
3: Yes And, and I was I was happy We delivered a lot Of Star Trek At the most recent show Because we got some grief For not having any Star Trek at the first oh. show mm. uh, After we You know Because we, you know, we had The Twi'leks Or we thought you one of the Star Wars And then, of course Elise our, uh, our, our, our on-call belly dancer Who I adore delivered with that Borg number which everyone
4: look her up now she's
3: yeah she I Elise Morris uh, fusion belly tribal fusion belly dancing she is involved with a regular monthly belly dancing show on the east side at at Vino Vixens Uh, I think it's the fourth Saturday of every month is belly dance uncorked and uh, they do a bunch of fusion belly dancing for with people who aren't familiar with that term which I certainly wasn't before I met Elise that just means sort of theatrically influenced belly dancing so like You know, costumes, modern music, maybe a little dance influence from other stuff. I actually just emceed a belly dance show on Friday as part of this festival that was going on due to my involvement with a lease called Jambala Northwest was the name of the festival that was running this weekend. And uh, so there was all this, you know, belly dancing that, you know, mixed in flamenco and tango and all this other sort of dance styles was very interesting. Um, And I'm totally not a belly dance aficionado. So it was interesting to be involved in that.
4: Which I think I still would have been as big a fan if, uh, you know, had I seen the the Borg number first. Mm-hmm. But in case I haven't told you this before, um, Harley Quinn, my, my person, I mean, my, I, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. that's, that's my, that's my favorite. And, and, uh, and I actually had run to the restroom at Guardian Games Ooh. right as she was coming out. But I only missed maybe the first, you know, like 10 seconds of it. <laughs> but for those 10 seconds, Kyle was literally freaking out because he was going, where is it? You know, I mean, I think he may have been about to yeah. tear, about ready to tear the bathroom door down for fear that I might miss this act because he didn't. Well, and you got to see all of it. Obviously, how Costa long Nova, I would though, be. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah. But uh, I mean, talk about just just absolutely. Ador- I mean, she just completely captures the persona of Harley mm-hmm. and the. These, I mean, the split personality aspect and the, you know, the the rage and love and angst and every, I mean, it just ridiculous, the, ridic- I mean, I to say that I was obsessed with it is mm-hmm. maybe an understatement. That, and yeah, how well YouTube she did. As well. Yeah, oh, I know. Don't don't you worry. I know <laughs> the, uh, all about
3: that. And People should go watch that because I've never. I, I don't think I could have imagined that somebody could have enscapulated the incredibly disturbing nature of the Harley Quinn Joker relationship in a five minute dance number. And she achieved that brilliantly. I Just mean, phenomenal. Yeah. And
4: I was, and like like we already touched on, we didn't realize going into the show at mm-hmm. the someday that it was going to be new material. <laughs> we were, I mean, we were there regardless. You know, had it been the exact same act, we would have sat. You know, we would have sat through it lovingly for a third time, and uh, and so once we once we realized that it was new numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I must say there was a little heartbreak for me that I was going to be, you know, I was like, but, but at least it's still going to be Harley. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and then it wasn't. And I was upset for about, Oh, 15 seconds until I realized that she's pretty much just spectacular no matter what she does. So yeah. And her, I uh, forgave her.
3: Her prosthesis for her Borg number were impressive. And I I really should give that guy a little pimping. Those were designed by a guy named Frederick Zahl, I think it's Z-A-L. Uh, who uh, will make them for anybody. I mean, he's like an artist and costume designer. So, the, anybody who wants like ridiculously cool looking Borg prosthetics or other custom pieces should uh, look him up. The uh, We actually, I believe, I, 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 he's not on my list of sponsors. We may actually be giving away some some coupons for his stuff that he wanted to give us to give away most interesting um, I'm also supposed to pimp those because I I told him how awesome they were but that I didn't think I could afford them and he's like hey you get three or four people to buy them I'll hook you up (laughs) so I really should be pimping those to everybody all the time anyway yeah, so you know, if
2: you like, uh, it's it's any kind of costume design. Stuff, I think or it he, was. I
3: don't think it's strictly Borg. I mean, it's all custom prosthetics, though. So costume stuff, helmets. He's like a furniture designer slash architect slash artist slash costume designer. So he can really make you anything you want. I think.
2: So if you uh, if you give me his uh, website, we'll put it in the show notes. I will find that when we're off the air. Sounds good. I don't really know it. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so actually, this would probably be a good time to take a little break. And so in this break time, I'm going to be playing a, uh, a song that relates to the next topic, which will be film music's Gamera series. Gamera. All right. So this is, uh, this is part of the Mystery Science Theater Gamera song.
0: Gamera. 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 Gamera is really meat. Gamera is filled with me, We've been eating Gamera. Clames, claws, breath, scales, fun. Doctor Forrester is kind of a jerk, and Frank is really dumb too. We have to take part in these lame experiments, but do we complain? No, no. Yes, huh? So we hike all over the place and talk of a thousand wonderful days. Everybody now. Camera, Camera is really, really sweet. sweet. He, he is, is filled with, with turtle meat. meat. Now we, we have, have commercial, commercial signs. <laughs>
4: Hey Kara! What are you doing? Tooting my sonic
1: screwdriver? That sounds fun. It's not. Well, you know what is fun? Juggling goslings? No. Then what? Watching Dr. Horrible and Serenity on the big screen? Oh yeah, that is fun. Glad you think so, because Sparky, you'll get your chance Saturday, August 20th at the Hollywood Theater. Who's Sparky? There will also be a raffle and special guest Patrick Reynolds, the artist on the Serenity comic Float Out.
4: That sounds way better than finishing my latest Twilight fanfiction.
1: Because it is. It's to raise money for Quality Now, as well as the Oregon Humane Society and National Alliance on Mental Illness.
4: Everyone should be doing that.
1: We'll also be accepting in-kind donations for Raphael House, a women's shelter. So you better make sure to get your tickets. All you have to do is visit pdxbrowncoats.com. Tickets are $12 in advance and $15 day up. You can even order a t-shirt while you're there. When is it again? Saturday, August 20th at Hollywood Theater on Northeast Sandy in Portland. Where's open at seven.
0: Should I wear anything special?
1: No, but for the love of ham radio, leave the tin hat at home.
2: All right, so that was, uh, of course, the classic Gamera theme song, re- revamped by the Mystery Science Theater guys, and uh, that kind of segues, Words. kind of segues us into our next segment, where we're going to talk about some Gamera performances by a group in town called Film Music. You probably, uh, if you're a longtime listener, you probably remember. Me talking about the Gamera versus Giron that I believe happened last year. I'm not sure when it was.
4: He's looking at me. I don't have an answer.
2: Yeah. Heather went. It was fun. It was. And basically, they show the movie on the screen, and then they have voice actors and Foley artists and uh, a little orchestra playing music to go along with the performance, and there's no sound from the original movie. It's pretty amazing.
4: It is. They take the original script. And they just sort of make it their own. And it is spectacular.
2: So we saw Gamera versus Giron. That was the the very first thing. Well, that was the very first thing I ever saw from them. Yes. We also saw Turkish Star Wars, which Which is is hilarious.
4: Nothing, nothing like Star Wars, if you haven't seen it. Doesn't mean that I don't recommend it, because
2: hilarious. Mind-blowingly just crazy. Uh, And then... Uh, as we were driving around one day, Justin was reading off some sort of movies in the park thing, and uh, he mentioned that film music was a- again performing and doing Gamera versus Gearon in the park. And so Heather and I actually went to go see that with Tiger on Friday night. We did, and- with an amazing turnout. Yeah, I think uh, Film Music said that there were over a thousand people there. I would
4: believe it. It was a, a very impressive a very impressive turnout, and uh, obviously a lot of fans. Obviously a few people that didn't know what they were in
2: for, but... Oh, yeah. Well, there was a, there was a couple behind us who were like, did they add this Gamera song in there? Or they that, must like, have real? added this. Yeah. This isn't real. Yeah, I, was, I turned around. I was like, oh, no, it's in the real thing. <laughs>
4: yes. Don't worry. Don't worry, everyone. Kyle corrected them.
2: Yeah. But it was fun. I mean, it's a great, great time, and they do it. They do it as seriously as they can for a for a gamma seri- uh, series, you know, from the '60s. Gamera episode from the '60s, I guess you could say, uh, which is, you know, they're all silly movies. The one they're going to do uh, yes. on on, and we'll talk about this a tiny bit later at the end of August is they're going to be doing Gamera versus Barugon which we are already covered a couple of months ago on the Kaiju cast, it's a very serious film and not very kid-centric, which is very different from the other Gamera films.
4: Right, which, granted, this isn't going to be a in the park. This is going to be, once again, at the Hollywood Theater. Right, which, one of
2: their regular performances. Yes,
4: which, you know, if it was going to be in the park again, then I would say that that would be sort of a bit of an odd combination. But I think for one of their... One of their standard in-theater performances. It should be pretty great.
2: Yeah, it should be pretty awesome. Um, Gamera vs. Barragon is a really bizarre uh, really bizarre movie anyway because the the monster has a tongue that sticks out and freezes people and uh, like shoots, a, do. shoots a rainbow ray out of its back. <laughs> Naturally. It's crazy. It's crazy stuff. Uh, anyway, so I'm definitely going to that. Uh, I'll have a link in the show notes, of course, uh, talking all about that. And, you know, they've done a whole lot of stuff in the past, and unfortunately, I haven't seen nearly as much of it as i wanted to but i know they did right it's Uh, a
4: really it's a really unique theater experience if you've if you've got any i don't know how many how many companies do this you know out there in the world but i imagine there are there are obviously others if you've got anybody that does this kind of performance in your neck of the woods i mean whether it's a whether it's a giant monster movie or not i would definitely recommend checking it out because it is a unique experience to to enjoy in the theater
2: yeah and i'll have a link in the show notes as well to uh the interview i did with Uh, The director of that stuff, Galen Huckins, Uh, I'll have a link to that because it's that appeared on a previous episode of the Kaiju cast. Uh, So those are the those are the big sort of performance things I wanted to talk about. Um, I guess let's just move into news and local events.
0: United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from
2: Japan. So, Gangsters and Goliaths issue three came out. This, uh, I think, it was last week. I don't know what's going on. I felt I feel like I'm a little off on on when the when the issues come out. But
4: well, it was Wednesday. Yes, I mean
2: they come out <laughs> Wednesday, of course. Could but be like snarky now. the last episode, I said, "Oh, you know." Both Gangsters and Goliaths and Kingdom of Monsters have a new issue out. And now, next episode, this uh, Gangsters and Goliaths issue three is out. And it is also very good. It's uh, continuing the story along with Makoto and uh, sort of introduces his son and shows that he does have something to lose. Uh, And again, if you're not reading this comic, I highly suggest it. It is a fantastic story written by John Lehman, drawn by Alberto Ponticelli, IDW's got issue four on the way, and I believe there's one more after that, and then it'll be a sad goodbye. But it's really the only news news that I have. We also have uh, a video that I'll post a link to, and this is uh, from a company called, well, it's actually Bandai's creating them, I guess, and it's the SH Monster Arts group, and they're making these really, really cool articulated Godzilla figures. They've got Godzilla, Space Godzilla, and Mecha Godzilla. Um, But the reason I'm bringing it up is because um, they did this video and I guess uh, Koichi Kawakita, who's the special effects director from the Heisei films, he actually directed it. And so it's like this cool little stop motion video with Godzilla smashing stuff. And it's really great, it's it's awesome. Which I, I have to Remind me to show to say, you before you leave. How horribly out of character the
3: Godzilla <laughs> smashing stuff. Yeah, I,
4: I watched it twice because even though you had given me the link and told me what it was, I watched it through the first time and went, okay, it's Godzilla smashing buildings. Nothing out of the ordinary here. And then I thought about it and I realized, wait a minute, that's a Godzilla toy smashing a city and I went, okay, I, I better appreciate it now that this is, you know, I mean, I realized that you had told me that this was, you know, they were showcasing the articulation, yeah, but it didn't sure. fully sink in the first time that I was watching it, that it was actually a toy and a stop motion creation because it's just that articulated. That's that spectacular.
3: Yeah.
2: So definitely uh, check the show notes for that. Cause that is a fantastic little video. And again, I'm pretty sure what I saw was that Koichi Kawakita was the director of that. And it's really cool. Um, I'm not sure if Heather knows this, but it's really cool to see that even though he's no longer doing, they're no longer doing Godzilla movies until they decide to start them up again in Japan, uh, right. that he is still very uh, interested in continuing the, you know, the, the mythos of Godzilla in Japan. I think that's uh that's really good. And I think eventually when they decide to do a new Godzilla movie, Kawakita might actually be a kind of a catalyst for for the franchise. And I got my fingers crossed on that because I know he has a lot of love for Godzilla. And that's all that's all our news, really. So uh, we're going to go into our local events. Don't have a sounder again. No sounder.
4: No sounder local events <laughs> do, 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 do.
2: <laughs> la, 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 local events that doesn't work as well <laughs> so moving on to local events we have the mad marquis de maltese here with us of course Ooh, that, was, that was pretty good that time. okay so I'm, i am i am improving i'm getting yeah, better that's that, good
3: that was really solid i uh, have no objections you can introduce me
2: officially a couple of times so sweet. <laughs> just bring me up on stage for like three seconds <laughs> ladies and gentlemen the mad marquis de maltese uh, no no you're off i'm off again <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I'm not an actor. we just going to have to get that one sound bite. And <laughs> right. I can just use that. I'll just say, I'll just do it like 15 okay. times and then yeah. you can choose like the best a, one. Get like a ringtone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, when we get to his events, he's going to talk a little bit more about those again, just to reiterate things that we've already talked about in the podcast. Uh, starting off with our next big event here in town for us locally, geek-wise, Can't Stop the Serenity is going to be at the That's Hollywood right. Theater on August 20th. You may, you may have heard the... Uh, the tray at the bumper for that before the news started yes and uh we played
4: it on previous episodes as yes
2: well. and, and uh i'm gonna try and go to that i hope i can i've got my fingers crossed that i'm gonna be able to go uh i think they're they're raising money for equality now and they're gonna Sounds play great. they'll play serenity and then they will also be playing, I think, Dr. Horrible in the theater? Yes. That's correct. And then they have this special guest, I believe is either the writer or the artist, who did the Dark Horse comic about Wash called Float Out. But um, the, uh,
4: the Can't Stop the Serenity events happen all over the country. There's Brown Coats, uh, which are the group that put these put this together. This is the PDX Browncoats, but there's Browncoat societies all over the country and they do events like this all over the place. It's basically just big fans of the Whedon universe that refuse, refuse to let it go and have created this amazing, this amazing place for it in the geek society. So, you should check out your local branches.
2: Yeah. But we'll have a link to the show notes to both the PDX Brown Coats page and the Can't Stop the Serenity page, which actually might be the same thing. Uh, and then the following night, that's Saturday, Sunday night, Trek in the Parks. Trek per- in the Dark performance. Yeah, Trek in the. I was going to say Trek in the Parks production company, Atomic Arts. Arts presents. Doing,
4: oh, it's, all, it's, it's yeah. all so ringy, isn't it? Just with it's very, very Dr. Trek Susie. Trek in the Parks. Atomic Arts performance of Trek in the Dark.
2: Where they're going to be at the Baghdad Theater with a fox in
4: socks. Atomic
3: Arts, who normally presents Trek in the Park, presenting Trek in the Dark because it's Atomic Arts that does everything. True. They're not Trek in the Park doing atomic
4: arts. No. They're not. It
3: was Trek in the Park's Atomic Arts. Yeah, but the ownership is wrong because it's Atomic Arts
2: Trek in the Park. Touche. Okay. So I think we've narrowed it down to a t- Atomic Arts, who does Trek in the Park. who are going to be putting on Trek in the Dark on August twenty-first at the Baghdad Theater. Uh, they'll be doing their performance this year of Mirror Mirror on stage, and then there's going to be, I think, a little trailer reel that Fatboy Roberts is putting together. And then after that, they're going to show Galaxy Quest. Yes. Also known as the best Star Trek movie. Yeah. That's ever <laughs> <Bay>. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> That brings us to our next event on August 23rd, Mm -hmm. second uh, Geek Trivia of the Month. will be happening at the Kennedy School.
3: Oh, and we're giving away tickets to our show at that. We'll be providing a prize package, same as we normally do.
2: Excellent. If you're you're in Portland and you like the burlesque and you you want to get in for free, and you like Geek Trivia, you want to get in for free, make sure you come out to Geek Trivia on the 23rd at the Kennedy School. And do well.
3: uh, And win, yes. You got to win. The last time we gave away tickets, my team won. (laughs) Oh no, not the last time, the time before that. Like we that was the the first time I ever won the big shebang was the time we were giving away prizes. It was, so it was sort of counterproductive. But yeah, no, it'll be five tickets. So tickets for every member of the team. And obviously you can dilly them out however you want, we don't care. But uh, and then we'll probably throw some booze in there from New Deal because we like because they give us a ton of booze for every show and I can only give away so much booze. I hope the kids team wins then. That's right. <laughs> yeah, well that's like the prize that's twenty one and up anyway. So yeah. they'll, they'll have to like pawn it off in yeah. the like parking lot. <laughs> uh, and we'll, we may throw some other stuff
2: in there. We have, like, with all those sponsors, we have a ton of stuff yeah. to give away. So giving away cool. some of it promotionally is not a bad thing. <laughs> Excellent. So that's the twenty third, uh, August twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Uh, as we were talking about just a few minutes ago, the film music "Gamera versus Baragon" will be at the Hollywood Theater. And again, there will be links to all of these in the show notes. And then the following night, August twenty eighth, Lesk, the Geek Night returns again, 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 parenthetically. Uh, And so anything else you want to share about that particular event
3: Uh, other than that? Everybody should come down and see it because it's pretty cool Um, the Again, it's gonna be the for the people who've gone already who may have been there It is the same show that we did on the second of July also at the Sunday lounge Uh, Plus one additional act Uh, so it's not entirely the same Uh, So I even if you have seen it I hope you bring down your friends and let them check it out in case you want to bring new people after you told them how cool the prior one was uh, but that is, of course, all different acts from our first two shows at Guardian Games and at the Bossa Nova. So I know you guys were saying you didn't realize it was going to be new stuff. And you're not the only people I heard that from, which was surprising to me because I thought I did a good job of like telling people it was new. But apparently I we're did slow. a crappy job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you didn't get it, I did a bad job. It doesn't matter. I have to assume everyone is slow. That's my job as a promoter. That is, is the best approach. It's to assume that everyone's a moron and I have to tell them everything 400 times. Uh, so if you didn't get it, I screwed up. It's not your fault. Um and then, yeah, I mean, we've got some other stuff going on after that. Do you want me to go into that now? Or are you going to work through the calendar
2: and I should just chime in when I have stuff? Hey, wait a minute. Heather called us slow. Sorry, that's a Simpsons yeah. reference. Uh, well, uh, the next thing for us is in September.
3: I have lots of stuff in September. You do? That's okay. Why. That's where my stuff is that's after that. Cause that's All right. Basically well, the end of the month I will already. just
2: say that September 7th at the Beaverton TFA, Things from Another World, which is in my hood. So Aaron Lepresti comic book artist extraordinaire is going to be signing at the Beaverton Things from Another World at seven o'clock and they will, as usual, have the free beer as long as you can provide
3: the valid ID. First of all, um, just for anybody who's interested in burlesque in Portland, I wanna I wanna sort of pimp somebody else's stuff that's not me. Uh, specifically, there's a website that Zora Phoenix, who's performed in my show and is a way better producer than I am, has been at this for years, produces several shows, has put together a website called burlesquepdx.com, which is basically here's all the burlesque going on in Portland if you're interested so that people can know what all the various performers are doing in a centralized location. So I kind of want to pimp that. Uh, and then additionally, so in in aside from that, which will let people know what's going on always, uh, there is in September, there's a ton of burlesque shows. Uh, the first one I want to pimp is uh, Miss Kennedy's Cabaret at Ted's Which is formerly Burbati's Pan So behind the Voodoo Donuts expansion yes. uh, And that's Miss Kennedy's Cabaret Which is going to have a bunch of great people at it I'm not going to go into all the performers But uh, I wanted to get that out there That's September 9th on Friday um, The following Tuesday is the first Berlin Amicon Which is a new monthly show At the Lovecraft Bar that I'm producing uh, which is going to have a focus on dark and darkly humorous acts to fit with the venue. Nice. And that's going to be a Excellent. small format show. It's only going to be it's going to be like four performers each doing two acts. Not as big as the geeklesque shows. Obviously, the bar itself could now, we're nowhere in New York. I mean, the right. capacity right. At, at Lovecraft Bar is probably seventy-five or something. So we couldn't do a big show there anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, less so if
4: you've got somebody doing the worm on the dance floor. <laughs> I've, hey,
3: I've been, I've been lobbying in favor of a dune act with a worm for a while. That's just that's <laughs> nice. all that makes me think of. Um. But yeah, so we're going to do uh, that the premiere show is, is perfectly on the 13th of September, that Tuesday night oh, yeah. uh, at the Lovecraft Bar, so that worked out well. and that's gonna, that show is going to end up being the, f- the second Tuesday of every month at nice. the Lovecraft Bar. Uh, and so th- again, that's going kind of a focus on sort of dark and darkly humorous acts. Additionally, and I want to I be upfront about this. Part of the reason I took on some smaller shows is because the Portland burlesque community is like is growing by leaps and bounds. There's a lot of new and not particularly experienced performers. So one of the reasons I wanted a small show is a chance to give some of them a chance to cut their teeth who, you know, because until you get in front of an audience, you can't develop as a performer, basically. So we're... Part of that show is going to be showcasing both experienced performers and newer, fresher performers who may not have had a chance to perform very well. So anybody who does go should know that that's, that's what they're going to be in for. And I'll be upfront about that when I introduce people at the, at the show, of course, as well. But
4: They've never done this before. Give them a hand. This is their
3: first time in front yeah. of a live audience since they you know graduated from the Rose City School of Burlesque, which I should also pimp, I suppose. Uh, Holly Day's Rose City School of Burlesque at the Bossa Nova, again, where anybody who wants to learn how to do burlesque, either for their private time or eventually to perform, can uh can go to burlesque dot com and get all of that stuff, uh, and then let's see after the thirteenth, these are uh, going to be some like detailed show notes this month, <laughs> <laughs> lots, lots of links, right? Lots of links. The uh, and then there's of course several other burlesque shows in the month, and if they go to BurlesquePDX.com, dot com, they can get all of those. I don't, I'm, I'll, I don't want to try listing all of them because I'll totally forget them, uh, and that would be unfair. Um, the I have another show at Agenda on 82nd Avenue, right by 82nd and Division, right behind Hung Far Low. Uh, my other new monthly show, which started this last month uh, or this month, I guess at this point, is the Marquis Mad Agenda at Agenda on uh, on 82nd. Uh, and that is also going to be a monthly show. That show is sort of unthemed; it's just whatever I feel like putting on. Uh, hence, <laughs> just your own burlesque. That's my mad agenda. Is I that's just do whatever right. the hell that's I feel like That's the at. mad agenda. Just, yes. Yeah. If you can follow it, you're 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 mad, I guess. Uh, and that's at the agenda on eighty second, and that that's going to be the fourth Tuesday of every month. So it's a week on, week off for me, basically. Very cool. Uh, so that's going to be the. I believe that is the twenty. It is September twenty seventh. So it's, it's actually my sister's birthday. Yeah, so I actually should talk about other stuff before that, anyway, because of course
2: on the twenty fourth and twenty fifth, like you were talking about before, I so rudely interrupted. <laughs> Jeez, is the Portland Retro Gaming Expo? That is right. Once again, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo is upon us. I think we're going to go this year. Tiger uh, voiced some interest when uh, he did not, he didn't get to go last year, and I guess at at Wonder Northwest they had some of the same vendors there, so he is very interested in checking that out. Uh, that is Saturday. From ten a.m. to nine p.m. Sunday, ten a.m. to five p.m. Portland DoubleTree Hotel, and that is going on that weekend. My brother's birthday is that weekend. You know what's going on that night, though, Heather? Which night? The twenty fourth. The twenty fourth.
4: Town is what's going to oh. be happening that night. But what is going
2: to be happening? Well, I don't well know if you want to hear me say. Then this
3: you're going to be missing Lesk Powers Up which is
2: our all-video game-themed show in association with the Portland Retro Gaming Expo.
4: Oh, what were you going to say, Kyle?
2: I was going to say that's the same night Adam Warrock and MC Chris perform oh, in town. yeah.
4: No, I know. There's of course, they're here.
2: Yeah, the, uh, and, and I need to go double-check the timing of that.
3: We're, we're, we're going to be at the Star Theater on that night. Cool. Uh, which is a classic 100-year-old burlesque theater, actually. So that's going to be pretty interesting. Right around the corner from one of the other official after events at uh, Ground Control.
4: Which I certainly hope that you're going to be at the Star Theater again because I would hate to miss such a lovely venue for your performances.
3: I, right now, having I've not performed there, so I don't know how it is as a performance space yet. Uh Having toured the venue, it is phenomenally awesome looking. It is so cool. It's having Once I perform there, I can officially say it's probably going to be my favorite place. It certainly looks the best right now. It's just an awesome space. It's super cool on the inside. Uh, and that's in, on 6th, right in between Cooch and Burnside, for people who want to like wander
2: by and check it out. Awesome. Very cool. I think that pretty much wraps up our, our local events, oh. unless anybody has something else. Unless you want me to go way far into the future. No, let's just keep it at that. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks again to the Mad uh, Marquis. The Mad Marquis de Maltese. For joining us uh, to talk about our local events and, of of course, to talk about Geek Lesk. We've got uh, very exciting information right now. We're going to run another contest. So hope you're listening because I'm not going to talk about this on the Facebook page. No. I have five signed copies of the WonderCon exclusive Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters issue one. I sent them off to Matt Frank and not only did he sign every one of them, he also doodled a little monster in the top right-hand corner. And uh, you could be a winner. You could. You could. Mm -hmm. You really could. Uh, What we need you to do is, uh, it's kind of like the last one, but with a twist. We need you to email controller at kaijucast.com with the subject, WonderConzilla, include your name, and your address and heather's going to tell you the trivia question you need to answer
4: in what year did wondercon first take place
2: all right there you go the first five people to answer that question correctly and have their name and address and the subject wonderconzilla will win one of those signed copies i've only got five and we will be doing more contests as the year continues I also wanted to remind people that their Daikaiju discussion homework is due by the 27th of this month. That means I will not be accepting any other homework after the 27th. So make sure you get that down. Uh, That's for Gamera vs. Veras, which is a really fun movie, really fun time. And I hope you guys enjoy watching it. If you don't have it, you can pick it up through uh, your standard retailers. It was uh, produced by the Scheldt Factory. And uh, I'll have a link in the show notes to their website as well. And there are some other little things I wanted to share with you guys. I got emailed by a fellow, a listener named Nicholas Cloutier. And he uh, sent me a link, or actually three links to three videos on the YouTube called the uh, G-Fantas Worlds Collide. And it's a really, really cool uh, series of videos. Basically, these guys in Chicago have been sort of running this thread Throughout the the last, I don't even know how many G fests, and uh, taking the costume entries, and they created their own little fan film, and it is it is a fan film, and it is awesome. Kind of fantastic, that, but it is definitely fantastic. Uh, it's definitely, I'd say, it's probably one of the most ambitious fan films I've seen, just because of the the fact that everybody's using, everybody's in these suits, like live action suits, and. Uh, they've got special effects and, and uh, people running through the streets. And I'm going to have a link in the show notes to all three of the videos. Uh, and they're they're pretty fantastic. I really, really enjoyed the, the g Fantas one. Hey, Heather, guess what I did last night? Hey, Kyle. What did you do last night? I watched uh, Frankenstein Conquers the World, Wicked. followed up by War of the Gargantuas. Nice. And you know what I did that with? Uh, with a group called Kaiju Double Feature. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot like live tweeting these movies. Which we dig. We totally dig, except it's in a chat room. So you can see what everybody says all at once. You don't have to keep refreshing a hashtag. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I guess it was it was organized by this guy named Archie and another guy named Jeff. And uh, they suggested that we do these two movies. I think a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, the week before, they did uh, Mothra because it was the 50th anniversary of Mothra. That's and right. I guess they said they had like a whole bunch of people uh in the in their chat room and with only like three hours within like three hours they had gotten like a like over a hundred people to like to join in impressive work you guys uh anyway they're going to be doing another double feature pretty soon if you want to check that out i'll have a link in the show notes to the facebook page so
4: many links
2: i also wanted to just uh Give a shout out to a couple of other people. Nick Gucker, thanks again for sending me that Doctor Who stuff. You are awesome. And I hope to have you on the podcast sometime when you and your lovely wife come down from Seattle. Thanks to Scott Martin from Hilltown Kaiju for the signed Shirashi, the little mini poster of Gamera that was signed by all the guests at G-Fest. That was really super awesome. Uh, they also get, sent a signed photo of the Kaiju Bros and uh, and these cool Kaiju Bros bracelets, which I have on the desk here. Thank you. to Who are
4: also in the G-Fantas.
2: Yes, they are also yeah. in the video. Yes.
4: I was so proud of myself for picking them out.
2: Yeah, Heather, Heather totally recognized you guys. Um, thanks to all the listeners who have been not only submitting their homework, but just writing in and being cool. And thanks to Kurt Lloyd from missing real TV for hooking me up with a really cool, uh, Godzilla kind of monster thing that you pull back and it goes forward. Uh, we had, I had lunch with Kurt and Lance who was visiting Portland. He is also known on Twitter as the Elroy Jenkins. And, uh, he works with, uh, some people in New York, Uh, He's an art director for a group called Hot Peas and Butter. And I'll have a link in the show notes to to that. And we had a really delicious lunch thanks to uh, their posse. That uh, pretty much does it. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the show this month. So if you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and you want to experience all there is to uh, put into your brain all about the KaijuCast, the joy and the glory... That is involved with the KaijuCast, you know, stuff you can't just get through your ear holes, uh, point your web browsers to KaijuCast.com. We have every single show up there, every blog posting. There's some stuff about Portland. I have a link to the PGC3 website, and you can see all the movies we're going to be talking about through the end of time for the Daikaiju discussion And you can vote in the polls. I just put up a new poll, thanks to uh, Sean Darnell. Join us next time for our Daikaiju discussion episode of August 2011, where we delve into the fantastic, crazy kids' film Gamera vs. Verass*. So that does it, and we are closing out the show. We are going to end this whole shebang with a request For Eric from the Gamera Guardian of the Universe soundtrack, this is Myth by Bakufu Slump. And uh, until next time, I'm Kyle. I'm Heather. And what do we say when we close the show, Heather?
4: Jamata. Jamata.